Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing thegrandgroup at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan recap the Twins' terrible series against the Houston Astros. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. My name is David Kupas. With me, as always, is Dan Thompson. The Twins lose three straight at home to the Houston Astros. Dan, we've been riding high. Series sweep after series sweep after series win. Just loving our lives as Twins fans. Little bit of a reality check here, Mr. Thompson. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't want to overreact to one series, but it was pretty clear that the Astros are just the better team. Um, now, I guess we have to offer some caveats because, you know, the Twins didn't play without Correa the whole series. Buxton was gone the first game. At the same time, I don't know that that would have mattered. Maybe they win one game with those guys in the lineup? Uh, possibly, but it certainly seems to me as though it was their impact wouldn't have been enough to overcome the lackluster performance of the rest of the team. No, and like, I'm kind of tired of watching the Astros beat the Twins. Like, you know, I, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, obviously, with the playoffs a couple years ago, and I just, I've seen games at Target Field where they played Houston and just looked outclassed, and I, this was more of that. It bothered me a little bit that it did seem as though the team gave up. Yeah. And like, I've said this before after the Dodgers sweep right so we got swept by the Dodgers it was only a two-game series the twins were still sort of coming into their own a little bit for the season but I think that this series was important because it's one of the few series we've had against a team that is truly an upper echelon team and it just seemed like this team was like now we're gonna lose these games pretty early on and that just really bothered me it's like have a little bit of fight left in you and like the game today Dan the first game look we'll get into that a little bit later it's very confusing but and I gotta say Dan I am convinced little tinfoil hat time here I am convinced that Correa knew how bad this was gonna be so he's like you know what coach go ahead just throw me on the IL I'm fine with that he just didn't want to be seen with the twins Dan he did not want to be seen with the twins against his old team knowing they were gonna get destroyed especially when Pena their their shortstop who replaced him looked pretty good in this series too it's it, they don't really, really miss Correa they're infield though Dan I'm not a tall person I get it but my goodness their entire infield is like you can't be oh higher than 5'5 five, five, or you're not gonna play in this infield well it didn't really seem to matter because the twins couldn't do much against them anyway should we uh should we go into the series recap I, I guess series recap series recap game one a couple things here when is Justin Verlander going to retire? Not a clue, Dan. It seems like never. Seems oh my like gosh. Never. He pitched. I mean, he was obviously lights out. I guess it, there was the great contrast because Joe Ryan just didn't look good. Uh, the Twins do lose this one no. five to nothing. Now, this was kind of funny. So I actually, it was Tuesday night. I was actually taking a group of high school students, about 60 of them and a few other adults, to see Hamilton because it's here in Spokane. And I, yes. the curtain opened with, it was like the seventh inning and the Twins were no hit. And my phone in my lap kind of kept buzzing. And I was I was sure it was you and Hoag's texting about this no hitter that had happened, and all I could think of is, oh man, we're gonna have to talk about a no hitter with a couple walks in it. 
It ended up not being the case, my goodness. But man, I mean, they just looked helpless out there against against Verlander. It was Urshela in the seventh to break up the no hitter, and yeah, that was truly the only exciting thing to say here. Really disappointing for Joe Ryan. Four innings pitched, four hits, four runs, all of them earned. Five walks, Dan Thompson, only three strikeouts. Yeah, and that was the trend. I mean, then Coulomb and Cotton came in, and they each had two walks, and I just felt all series the Twins were just kind of pitching around the Astros like they were afraid to just throw strikes and I can understand the temptation obviously the Astros are a better lineup than they've faced but you have to go after these guys you can't just treat them with kid gloves right I have a little bit more about that we'll touch on in a later segment everything's so sad everything is just so sad about this game day let's go to game two which sort of happened a little bit the night before for whatever reason everybody and their mother knew that there was a big storm coming and there was no (laughs) chance that the twins were going to be able to get this game in so i don't know if they were hoping to get through six and then call it since the new covid rules are still in effect Mm -hmm. from 2020 no longer would they just restart this game they were just going to resume the game the next day from where you left off do you like that rule though i mean i i like that i think that's a good idea i I do obviously in this circumstance i hated it well yeah Uh, (laughs) especially because i was going to the game uh today which we'll talk about a bit later but Rocco on the Rocco uh, prior to the game, I was listening on the radio as I was making my way down to the stadium today. And Chris Atterbury asked him like, hey, man, how do you feel about this rule? And he's like, you know, regardless of the score today, like kind of take mm-hmm, that sure. out of the equation. And Rocco's like, I can't take that out of the equation. I hate this rule right now, which I thought was pretty. Well, could, well, was Rocco like able to actually manage the second part of that game? I believe so. I believe he was in the clubhouse because he had cleared all the protocols. So he was he was back in because it's not like they needed a clear roster spot for him, right? No, it was just it was kind of a weird thing. I mean, I again, I do like the rule. I think it makes sense to just pick up from where you left off, especially if the team's there. I guess it did create for a weird. Did you see how um, Yenier Cano made his debut and this weird <laughs> oh. rule where he actually officially made his debut Wednesday night, even though they didn't throw a pitch? He didn't throw a pitch. It was so funny. He gets all warmed up. He's on the mound. And then this guy, I don't know who it was who was running around on the field, like the Twins staff member who was like saying, now nah, we got to call it. We got to call it. But it's like, if you're the weatherman making that call, do they really make you run around the field and tell guys? Like, I'm really confused why this guy is running around the field. He's got his like Twins jacket on and you can tell he looks uncomfortable doing this. I'm like, the umps have mics, right? And like, and, <laughs> right. like you can talk to them through their headset and they can talk back to you. I don't know why you felt the need to go like ump to ump to tell them that the game is going to be suspended well and even then i was thinking astros you can just have this one right you're up five to one the twins were clearly not coming back in this game either archer was just pitching around the astros just in the very same way he he only went those three innings with three walks two strikeouts five hits and but as i'm listening to this game it it sounds like every count he's behind and just kind of scramble i just that was every start that archer makes i am less convinced that he's going to be a factor long term for this team and by long term i mean within this season not like long term like (laughs) after this season well and we'll see you know his next start would be not against the guardians but then against the a's again and everybody seems to look better against the a's so we'll give him a couple more starts here and see uh and see how it goes um but then then game two resumes and you were there you were there for the resumption I was there, and I was really annoyed. I got to be honest here real quick. I understand why they do the rules that they do. I'm thinking, okay, noon start. I can get to the game. I can work a half day. I can get to the game. I can watch the game. Then I can go pick up my kid from daycare. All is well. Great plan. Right? Well, no. I don't even get to see like an equivalent of one baseball game. Because I get get to see (laughs) the last five innings of game one, 
and then like the first four innings of game two and it's like then i have to leave because i have things to do so it's just frustrating with the timing there and i don't i don't know what the twins could do about it right but it's like can you play the first game one so i can see a full baseball game and then finish that other game yeah that would be a little awkward to bounce around like that but yeah you know, baseball does weirder things. Um, at least you got to see the Twins score a couple runs, right, in the second yes, part well, of Game 2. It started really nicely, right? The Twins score one in the bottom of the fifth, and then the sixth inning happens, and Stashek comes in and just gets rocked. And the thing is, they need to preserve arms. So they just let him pitch, and he, I don't know how many batters in a row reached on doubles. It seems like it was just <laughs> constant doubles. If, if the Chick-fil-A deal was going, Dan, I could have had like 80, 80 sandwiches if I was an Astros fan. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Twins lose this one 11-3. The only interesting thing to come out of this entire game, Dan, was Cano's actual debut where he looked good and there's no way, there's no way if this game was any closer that he would have stayed in the game as long as he did. And secondly, Stashak would have been pulled also. But that gave Gordon a chance on the mound, Dan. It did. And he looked like a guy who, he looked sort of like a pitcher. Is what he, well, I think after the game, he, he joked that he was basically like Shohei Otani up there. Oh, um, which I appreciate. Player, absolutely. But he, what did he hit? He hit like 77 with one of his pitches. Like he didn't illegit. He, did. he wasn't like Williams no. Estadio out there. I, I do love, though, when they have the position players on the mound and the guy at the stadium who's who's putting what type of pitch it was. <laughs> like And like Gordon's first pitch is at like 70 miles an hour. And it's like change up i'm like yeah sure okay yeah <laughs> splinker did he did he try one of those at any point <laughs> knuckleball definitely <laughs> well you know can we uh, let's move into game three yeah this was the only one really that seemed like the twins had a chance and then even even in the way that the twins seemed they had a chance it still seemed like less of a chance than in any other game they played this year dan well and they because they actually had some opportunities with runners in scoring position they were 0 for 7 it would have taken a lot the astros <laughs> were 3 for 13 but i mean at least they had guys on base it felt like they got some leadoff hits there was a, i think at least one leadoff double in there um but just couldn't make anything of it they leave nine guys on base and you know after after it was four nothing and then it gets into the sixth i'm thinking ah they're not going to be able to come back in this game no well and it's the same way that happened in game two they had seven hits in this game which obviously is not as many as you'd like to see but it's more than zero and it's more than what they got in game one they look so inferior to the astros and to your point like you said guys are out i get that but how much of a difference really is it going to make not when your pitchers have again six walks i think on the series uh, gleeman tweeted that they had 18 walks in the series in 27 innings and they came in with like the second fewest in the league so i mean there was just a fear here all right well dan let's let's just be done i don't want to talk about the series anymore other than again in game three like you said gordon had a great catch he played pretty well uh in the field certainly and then also at the plate but i think we'll talk about him a little bit later let's go ahead and jump into our segments dan Touch him! Puckett's picks winner. You know, you. I guess you can have it. Pl- Here's where I take solace. I was going to take Polanco if he was available, and he wasn't. You took him, so so good on you. You. Uh, well, I have to tell the scores, right? Is that how we do this? You thing? do. Yes, please. So the listeners actually took Royce Lewis, a bold pick, but an ill-fated one. He had negative two points. He had that error and some strikeouts. He did have a hit or two. He he was a presence in the in the series, just not an effective one. I had two points with Max Kepler, and you had five with Polanco, who had the two RBIs in game two. Yeah, which I will argue were pretty much in garbage time. Like if baseball had garbage time, that's when Polanco got his hits. And uh, and so then that moves you ahead now in the season series, David. It's four for you, three for me, and three for the listeners. Beast versus bench. Is losing fun? 
is losing fun. Who do you have as your beast there, Mr. Thompson? I, I guess I could have picked Polanco, but I went with Gordon. I just thought he was more of a presence in this series. In game three, he had a really nice hit to the opposite field. He had that catch and center that, you know, Buxton would have made on the run. Like, I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Gordon did have two hits. He's up to 250 batting. And I just think he looks like he belongs in the majors. Good series for him. He was one of the few guys bringing energy. Especially on the mound, Dan. Well, Especially on well the mound. right. And any time a guy can come in and pitch an inning and not totally make a fool of himself, um, good on him. Who, who did you have for your beast? Yeah, so I'm actually going to give it to a rise. And my goal here, Dan, picking the beast was pick a guy who played very, very little in the series. <laughs> so a rise only played in game three because he was coming off the COVID IL list. And here's the deal. He went two for three with a walk and a strikeout. Not a chance. That strikeout should have been a walk. Mm-hmm. The ball, it was bad. And like, it was so funny because like a rise is pretty expressive when mm-hmm. he doesn't agree with a call his walk back to the dugout dan took like eight minutes like it just <laughs> took him forever to get back to the dugout because he's like no way there's just no way but so i'm gonna give it to a rise it's good to see him back on the field he looked healthy he looked like he was ready to steal some bases too which he's not definitely known for nor he should be really attempting but he just looked really aggressive when he was on the bases he was ready to get moving yeah he's up to 316 batting average and he he is again he's the kind of guy who can actually win a batting title in this league and i why not this year with with buxton yeah. and, and hopefully correa coming back soon to surround him let's go ahead and look at uh, at the bench here i've i've got a guy i've been pretty disappointed with overall this season do you remember gary sanchez he plays for the twins David, but you might not he even does. know it because he's been such a I non-factor a lately. I know. Over three in game one, over three in game two. When they needed him to step up, he didn't. He left five guys on base in game two. In game one, he left on, well, he didn't have much chance to leave anybody on in game one. But uh, I don't know. His average is down. He's batting about the Mendoza line. I'm just not impressed with, with what he's bringing to this team. No, I think that's a very solid pick. He was definitely under consideration, but I'm going to go for my boy Max Kepler again. I don't even care that he got a hit in game two. But he wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad. He was rough, Dan. It was a rough outing for Max Kepler. He had one hit and one walk on the series. And I just, he needs to be better. He needs to be better because he's supposed to be one of this core group. And granted, yeah, not like the top tier of this core group, but like the B tier, right? So you have Correa and you have Buxton and you have Polanco. But like Kepler's supposed to be right under those guys, and he's not. We put so much emphasis on those guys at the top. You got to realize it's a pyramid, right? Like you can't have all of your players at the top of the pyramid. Kepler is that middle base. And you can't have this no middle players here. You can't just have three really good guys and then five really bad guys. It doesn't work that way, Dan. I, I'm a little less critical of Max in this series because, again, you, I think you just described it. He's not one of their A guys, but he was he was forced into being an A guy. And he's just not, right? He He's a supporter. So well, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, but he could still be supportive. Just because you're forced into an A position, that doesn't mean that you can't perform at a B level. It's like, like, like he's a B guy who was performing at an F level, Dan sure. Thompson. It okay, wasn't well, like, I, I, you're supposed to be an A guy because... The other guys are out, but really, you need to perform at an A level. No, we'll still take the B level. You just, you know, the the requirements for that grade are lower. It's like for the dumb kids in your class, Dan. The requirements are just a bit lower because you grade them a little easier. That is not how it goes. David, don't bring my students just, into this. That was an ad hominem I, I attack. Feel so, I feel so terrible about doing that because I feel bad if one of your students were to listen and they now think that, like, if we just talk, throw pejoratives out. <laughs> like, we don't do that. But. We, we don't. We don't. Students, if you're listening, ignore <laughs> David here. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, Not a clue. Let's uh, let's go into Rocco's Rewind. Rocco's Rewind. I guess this is still kind of judging Jace. It's like a half Jace, half Rocco. It's this weird, weird series. I mean, they literally split Jocko. a game in half. Jocko. Jocko. <laughs> Jocko. <laughs> judging yeah. Jocko. Uh, what do you got? <laughs> so here's my thing. 
the same thing that happens with Archer in every start is kind of what happened to the other starters in this series where they're just afraid to throw strikes. You need to throw strikes and you need to tell your pitchers that like at this point, we can't keep having these four inning outings. Like you need to get deeper into games. And when you look at guys throwing less than 60% strike rate, you can't have that. You can't have that and be an effective starter in the major league. No, I think Hogs would be talking about pitching the contact here that the Twins did for so many decades. And and you're right. They were just afraid. And here's the thing. You have good defenders behind you. It's not like yes. this is a terrible defensive team. You got to make them work. Even with Correa and Buxton out, I mean, the defense is still acceptable. I mean, granted, yeah, Gordon is definitely a downgrade. But Celestino, I was surprised. I wonder if he was a little banged up. That's why he didn't get in game three at all. Mm-hmm. But he's he looked really good in the field in game two, at least when I was there uh, for, for the second half of game two. Yeah, and everybody talks about how Royce Lewis can play a great shortstop, too. So... Exactly. They shouldn't have had the fear there. I, I I went with this, and I think this is on the manager. You know, this team just didn't have a lot of life in this series, and I don't quite get it. You've got a team coming to town, and you've got a chance to really show them what you're made of. And yeah, Buxton's out, Correa's out, Arise is out. But for my goodness, like let's let's show a little bit of pride here, guys, and let's yeah. really try to. I mean, I don't want to insinuate they're not trying. But to your earlier point, it really did just seem like they were kind of just ready to be done. And it's only three games, and I get that it's only three games, and it's May, and this might not matter at all down the road. But I was just disappointed with with the effort here, seemingly, that we saw from from this team. Definitely, definitely. Um, Minnesota moment, sir. Let's look at that. Minnesota moment. I'll let you go first just because I like what you wrote, well, Dan Thompson. So again... I'm sitting at Hamilton. I'm feeling the buzz here from my phone, and I'm wondering what the heck is going on. The first thing I did in intermission was check my phone, and oh, okay, all right, the Twins got some hits. So my moment is that Urshela broke up the no-hitter because I just <laughs> couldn't I just couldn't handle the conversation that I was going to have to have with you about no-hitters <laughs> and Justin Verlander, and it would have hit so close to home. So that, to me, that's the highlight of the series. And we're going to have to still talk about no-hitters, Dan. Even we- though the Twins didn't go no-hit, we're still going to talk about them. Exactly. What's your moment? So I think Gordon's diving catch in center and then sort of just his collective performance in game three, he performed really well at the plate. He did a really good job on the mound as well. So I think just Gordon pitching, I realize you never really want to be in a position where the position player is throwing the ball. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think he did just about as well as any other position player would have for the Twins. And again, I I come back to his comments after the game. He's, He's joking about it. He's got some moxie to him. I like that. Yeah, definitely. Let's keep going to Mauer's Musings. I just don't know how it can get any better. Mauer's Musings. David, so we came into this season thinking that the third baseman was going to be Gio Urshela, right? Yeah. And that the first baseman was going to be Miguel Sano. <laughs> Who? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and so now I'm looking at this team, and here's my, my question to you. Are, is Miranda Arise, is that the first base, third base, in whichever place you want to put them? Are those the two guys we're going to see in the corner for the rest of the season? Maybe. I think... Likely at first base, the only thing that would displace a rise from first base at this point is if Larnick comes back healthy and Kirilov proves himself to be healthy and then he starts getting some starts at first base. Third base, though, Dan. Third base, I may disagree with you a little bit here because here's my question. Correa comes back. Lewis has done enough to stay up, mm. in my opinion. And maybe that maybe that should have been my question is, has Lewis done enough thus far to stay up? I think he has. So I think... Urshela becomes the utility guy and you put Lewis at third base. Hmm. I think they're going to give Miranda a longer look, but I, I do like how you're talking about the domino effect that this really creates on this team. And there's just so yeah. many questions now about those 
shall we call them the tier C players on this team yeah. right now? Tier C, tier B, somewhere in there? Because who knows? Who knows what this team's going to look like with all these injuries and with all these guys coming back in different timelines. And it could be a while till we really see this lineup mesh. Hopefully, hopefully this. They're still in first place or competing for the division race by the time some of these guys get healthy and they can actually settle on a lineup. I think third base is the question mark, though. Truly. And I think it'll be between Miranda, Lewis, and Urshela. Who's getting the most time there? And I think, you know, if you're the Twins... Why do you keep Urshela there unless you're a first-place team and he's contributing to it? Otherwise, yes. why not give it to one of the young guys? At this point, there seems to be not much of a difference between those guys. Right. Now, granted, Miranda and Lewis are basically brand new. But again, if they're showing to be productive, you go with the hot bat at this point. What's uh, what's your musing? Yeah, so do you think this was a reality check for Joe Ryan and for Josh Winder? Like, they had kind of cruised along. They'd each have really solid starts, consecutive starts, mind you. And now they're facing a lineup like the Astros. And the Astros didn't even have trash cans, Dan. I was there at the stadium. I heard no banging whatsoever. So do you think this was a bit of a reality check for these boys? I think that's a great way to say it. Yeah, definitely it was. Because now they've seen the best of the best. They've seen veteran hitters. As much as we want to tease the Astros hitters, they don't have the trash cans, and they're still hitting pretty dang well right now. So, you know, this is a veteran team with a great manager. Dusty Baker knows how to manage a team like this really well. I think it was. I'm curious to see what happens in the next start when it's going to be less... When they just have lesser competition again, because this was the pinnacle, I think. I think this is the best team that they've seen in this league. Obviously, the Dodgers, I think, are right up there in the the National League, too. Certainly. Yeah, so we'll have to see what happens. I I do like your question about what happens with their next start to see if this shook them up a little bit or if maybe they'll sort of it'll reinvigorate them to be throwing balls over the plate to try and get deeper into the game and that's a little bit on Wes Johnson too like how is Wes Johnson going to respond to this this staff really getting shelled and tired over the course of this series yeah all right well Dan let's (laughs) I don't know why we even do this segment it's so silly it's so silly to me it's just gonna be me yelling at you again let's keep going let's grade the series Dan series grades okay so you in what no, you go, no, ahead. You go ahead. No, hang on, hang on, hang on. I give them an F because they lost all three games. I don't know that they could look worse. I do not know that they could look any worse than they did. I gave them an F because that is 100% what they deserve. Dan Thompson, I swear, there's no... You used to make fun of me for grading harshly. This is this is beyond the pale, Dan. What you this is beyond the pale. It makes no sense. What would they have done, Dan? Is there anything they could have done? For you to also give them an F. Because please tell the listeners what you feel they deserved in this series, Dan. A D. Because <laughs> because of because they were missing their top three hitters for oh, dear the bulk of the series, I would say. Correa's not out there. I just don't think we got a fair snapshot at this Twins team playing a great <laughs> team. Also, Rocco's not out there for a game and a half. Again, that sounds weird. Um, I just think that they were not a complete team. And I think... That's what I'm going to say, <laughs> David. Okay. As far as justifications go, that frankly, not a bad attempt. Thank You're you. still incorrect. Well, You're still incorrect, yeah, maybe, and maybe yeah. I'm a little less upset than I was a couple of moments ago. Still a terrible call. Here's the thing. It it's, should be an F. It's one series, right? It's one series. I'm, I'm just going to go with the D, and we'll see what happens next series. Against the not even a D minus. Like, come on, man. No, I don't know. What's really the difference between a D and a D minus? 
you're a teacher. <laughs> you got to be careful with what you're saying. We've been talking I mean, a lot more we, about that this we, season than we before. We have been talking about that. Well, I just love how it's like we used to talk about how pluses and minuses are just there to screw with kids. And Dan's like, no, no, no. There's there's a real legitimate reason for it. And now he's saying, yeah, I mean, what do those really mean anyway? What's the difference between a D and a D minus? All right, let's 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 run to Herbie's headlines here. I'm I'm ready. I don't know, Jack. It looked like Herbeck pulled him off the back. Herbie's headlines. Yeah, let's just talk about anything but the twins. Dan. Yeah. So there were some fun things that happened here. Please, Dan, tell us about the no hitter, your favorite topic. <laughs> all right. First of all, I put the no hitter in quotation marks in our notes because <laughs> I just I just don't know how legitimate. Well, okay, it was a legitimate no hitter by definition. I get that. He still walked a guy, and there was an error. But I will say it's really close, David. It's super close to being a perfect game. <laughs> So, but not to be celebrated. Of no. So, Mr. Detmers, I didn't bother to learn his first name because he's insignificant in history. <laughs> so, Detmers, it's like his, it's his eleventh start. I think of his career. Um, he was nearly sent to the minors. You know what a story, what a story, right? But that's actually not what I want to talk about in this game, David. I want to talk about Anthony Rendon's left-handed home run against whichever whichever position player pitcher. <laughs> was thrown out against him because it was already eight nothing by that point how good are these guys that they can just like switch it around he's not a switch hitter normally but this is a right-handed no, hitter yeah. and a great hitter right anthony rendon and by the way the angels are finally living up to their to their potential they're like 10 games yeah, over looking like it. and rolling um but that was more impressive to me if i had to pick a moment from that game david that was impressive to me it was anthony rendon's left-handed home run no the no hitter is definitely more impressive oh is it absolutely okay. Yeah, in air and one walk, and you're saying we shouldn't celebrate that, and it's a full game, Dan. Like you were, you were boasting about a complete game. So I was, I wanted to talk about it then, and then we just didn't have time to get into it, Dan. But you were like, we should be talking about a complete game, and it's only the first one of the season. Yada yada. <laughs> a no hitter, Dan, by definition, is a complete game. Uh, no, it's so not. At the very least, what are you Dan, talking about? The Mets had like a twelve pitcher no hitter. That's not by definition a <laughs> okay, no hitter. No. Uh, a no-hitter in the traditional sense is still a complete game. So here's my thing, Dan. You were complaining about the the five-pitcher, yes, ridiculousness that the Mets did. Thank you. This is still a complete game, Dan Thompson. It is. And I, and that's why, you know, I can give him credit for a great pitching performance. Great pitching performance. Just <laughs> but not, it should not be a headline. Not the Nobody outside game. of the Angels should care. No, I mean, well... We should recognize it because of because of how baseball has gone away from actually trusting its starting pitchers to finish games and throwing strikes and trusting your fielders. Back to the home run, though. Like, it's important to note that it was against a position player. Yes. And like, had he hit it right handed? Obviously, this is not this is not a news story by any stretch. But what do you think, Dan, if a team is getting mercy ruled? And they have a position player on the mound. That's really the question everybody wants to know, Dan. Is that the new rule? If you're up by 10 runs or more and there's a position player on the mound, you have to bat with your offhand. That's and what switch I was wondering. hitters, Dan, switch hitters have to bat one-handed. <laughs> it's the only logical way for this all to work out. No, isn't it great? Because now what they've done is, is Anthony Rendon has created an unwritten rule now. Like, what? now we're going to get to have all these debates next time this happens. You know, you know there's some guys out there who are just livid that a professional baseball player would bat with his offhand like in a game. You know they're just... They're just pouting around, yelling, kicking their dog, just super upset that this happened. Well, do you think do you think Tony Larusa, the manager of the White Sox, do you think he was mad in this situation? Because he was all huffy last year, year before when Mercedes went up there. And yeah. <laughs> Let's go with Puckett's picks here, sir. And we'll see you tomorrow. Puckett's picks. Yeah, so the upcoming Guardians series, the first time we'll see the Guardians at Target Field. I'm excited to see the new uniforms. I'm going on Saturday. 
bringing my kiddo. Quite excited about that, Dan Thompson. Good. The listeners get first pick, as always, and they're going to take Louisa Rise, which I got to be honest with you, Dan Thompson. I'm quite disappointed because I was hoping that a rise was going to be available for me. So I am. I'm going to. I was tempted here t- to make a Hamilton pun, um, but I'm. I'm not going to. So I'm going to seize the opportunity, shall we say, to pick Byron Buxton in this spot here. I okay. think. I think he's going to play. I think he might DH, but I think I'm going to get two games out of Buxton in the series at home against the Guardians. I'll take him. It's hard. It's hard to say that's not a good pick. It's just. A, it's just a high risk, high reward pick. Right. right like that's right. just what it is. No, I got to take Polanco. It's no yeah. question. I'm surprised that he was available. I assumed he wouldn't Stop be. Stop saying sort of... things like that. It's so condescending when you say things like that. I was surprised he was available. Well, it's the way it is, though, Dan Thompson. I feel like all these these weeks, it's like the players just fall to me. I don't even have a decision to make. It's like, okay, well, I was going to debate here. If Arise and Polanco were taken, I wasn't really going to take Buxton, so I was debating. It's like, no, 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 Arise and Buxton got taken. Okay, well, I'm going to go take the one guy who's proven to be effective here in the last couple of games. That's fair. All right, sir. Well... You know, I'm glad you get to go to a game during this long homestand. Hopefully the Twins can turn this around and uh, win the series and win the homestand here after a really disappointing one against the Astros. Well, it's so funny because they've, they've won so many games in a row at home, and then to get swept is just kind of a, a gut punch, certainly. I actually, Dan, Saturday will be my third game in eight days. I've been making the trips out there, my friend. Well, I'm jealous, sir. How about you? Uh, how about you send us out? Yes, sir. Well, folks, if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. You can follow us on Twitter at Men for the Win and find our Men for the Win Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new episodes are available. And if you could leave us a rating, that'd be great. A reminder that our episodes are now available on YouTube. And if you could drop us a like and subscribe to the channel, we'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And as always, go Twins. That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins!